Hello and welcome back to On the Brighter Side, Marriage for Entrepreneurs. If you are listening to the podcast in real time, then this week is National Mental Health Awareness Week. And so I wanted to publish this special episode with my friend Ellie Weinstein, who is a licensed psychotherapist, podcast host, dad, and mental health professional. And what I love about this interview is that he brings not only his professional experience, but also his personal struggles with mental health to the forefront. And I thought it would be an appropriate episode to bring more awareness of how mental health affects us as individuals, both men and women, and in our marriage, parenting, and business lives. So without further ado, please enjoy this interview with Ellie Weinstein. Have you ever wanted to know the secrets to successfully juggling the demands of building a business and marriage and raising a family? If so, then this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Monica Tanner, a wife, mama to four kids, and a relationship and intimacy expert. My mission is to ensure that passionate entrepreneurs like you never have to choose between your dedication to your family and your passion for your message. Having it all is absolutely possible. Welcome to On the Bright side marriage for entrepreneurs let's dive in hello and welcome back to the show i'm super excited to welcome my guest today his name is ellie weinstein he is an lmsw a social work therapist who has worked in a psych hospital intense outpatient clinic and currently works in a community clinic in queens he created elevation to fill a need to help those in struggling and add extra inspiration and motivation into everyday life. He's gone through his own struggles with anxiety, ADHD, infertility, and men's issues, being a new dad, body image issues, relationships, and general self-esteem confidence. His main goal is to help people on their journey to add support, care, empathy, expertise, and insight. Hi, Ellie. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry for that wordy introduction. You know, I know it's a lot of stuff <clears throat> trying to get a certain point across. I really appreciate you getting through that and, uh, and doing your best. I loved it. No worries. Let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. So I'm a therapist out in New York, been working as a therapist for over three years. I've uh, been married for over five years, have a beautiful year and a half old baby who just got her first pair of shoes, which is freaking me out right now. Um, and she's so adorable and yummy and the love of my life. And, you know, really been on this journey of trying to bring a certain vibe and voice to the mental health and motivation world that I felt would be beneficial. And the beauty of the world we are in today with podcasts and social media, we have access to that and the ability to do that. And who knows where it can take you. So it's been exciting. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love the voice that you bring from a male's perspective of mental health, because I've talked about on the podcast, my own journey with mental health, you know, it's really nice to know for me, it was a lot of postpartum anxiety. And it's nice to know that that men feel these and go through these emotions as well, these difficult times in their lives. So I love the name Elevation. Tell us what you do and how you kind of created this name. So I'm a pretty creative guy and I'm pretty uh, 
you know, smiley, lovey-dovey, exciting kind of personality. And I couldn't come up with a name that was cute or powerful or empowering. And I was just trying to sit there. And one of my friends was like, well, your name is Ellie. So uh, what about Elevation? And give that guy credit. One of my close friends, Neil, um, he, he came up with a name. And from then on, it's just been, okay, I'm going to embrace this name because when I heard the name, the concept that I'm trying to really relay and push and promote is elevating yourself in whatever that means with your wellness, whether it's mental, physical, everything, mind, body, and spirit to elevate it just to one level up could make the difference of a fulfilling life and not fluffy lovey-dovey, but I mean, practically in a real way, which is why me being a therapist brings a different vibe than just someone who likes to help people. I am trained in helping people go from A to B. It is something I'm licensed that I study and continue to work on and gain knowledge on. And that's where I come from is creating a digestible, relatable place for people to make change. And uh, hopefully it works out. And if it doesn't, and I help one person, that's really what truly matters. Yeah. Well, here on the brighter side of marriage, we talk about marriage, family life, and business. So I would love to talk about how mental health affects Mm -hmm. our marriages. Like how, what have you seen in your experience there? Well, in my own marriage and in the clients that I work with, I do work with couples and I do work with individuals who are in marriages or going through divorces or post-divorces. And the, the idea of mental health, it shapes us, right? Whether it's anxiety, depression, whether it's self-esteem, body image issues, anything that can impact our functioning and how we process or see the world can change everything, right? If I always take conversations from my spouse as an attack, or I always feel like because of my past, I have to be defensive and fight, fight, that's going to change the dynamics of communication and marriage. So I think definitely mental health is a key component when it comes to a healthy marriage. Does it mean that if you have a mental health diagnosis, you can't have a wonderful marriage? Of course, you, of course you can. You can have a beautiful marriage with mental health diagnosis. That means absolutely nothing. It's how you handle the mental health. It's not that you have a mental health, it's how you deal with it. And I think, you know, and that 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 goes for business and, and the world around us. Anything we do can be impacted by our mental health. If we're not at our best, whatever that means for that day, we can't do our best. And I think that uh, is a lesson for a lot of different things. Yeah. So talk about it in parenthood. How does our mental health affect how we show up as a parent? Well, first of all, you know, parenting is hard. You know, it's the most magical chaos in the world. This might be off topic, but I was, uh, I love watching documentaries and I was listening to David Letterman talking to Kim Kardashian, who I didn't really have an appreciation before, but now I have a little bit more about what is it like to be a businesswoman, powerful woman and be a parent. And she said that she goes, parenting is magical chaos. And I loved that because it's so true because your heart is out of your body right there in front of you. And you have to kind of keep it together and embrace what they're doing, but at the same time, keep your cool, but be strong and be weak and all these wonderful things that go on at the same time. But again, if you are not the best that you can be, your child will suffer. And it doesn't mean you're doing it on purpose. It doesn't mean you're trying to hurt your child, but you have to be okay so that your children can be okay. And sometimes that means putting some of your selfish things that you've done in the past away, whether it's addiction, whether it's you know, going to the gym every day that you used to do or certain things of hanging out with the guys or, or your girlfriends, all these little things that we need to do to embrace this beautiful little being that needs us more than anything else in the world. And if you are struggling, get help so you can be the best parent for that child. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect by any means because no one is and no parent is perfect. No matter how many books you read, 
no matter how many licenses or letters you have after your name, you will never be a perfect parent because it's constantly changing and every child is different. So to just do your best and be your best whenever you can is the only thing you can do. So what about in our business? How does our mental health affect how we approach and function in our businesses? You know, I would think that for us, I know for me, I'm pulled in about 15 different directions. You know, working in a community clinic is very stressful. It's uh, a lot of different clients from all different walks of life, all different hours of the day. Uh, my clinic is open from eight, not my clinic, the clinic I work at is open from 8am to 10pm, Monday through Saturday. It's a lot of hours that you can potentially work, which I do not work all of them, thank God, but it leads to burnout, it leads to stress, it leads to frustrations, resentment. And the key is that just like in marriage and for yourself, you need to take care of yourself to do your best job. And also with Elevation, I do private clients for coaching, relationship coaching, and public speaking and confidence coaching. I do podcasts. I'm also a husband and a father. And I'm trying to juggle the 15 other things that I'm doing with my friends and just being a good person and all that kind of stuff. It's all about the balance that makes sure that your mind is just stable and okay. And when you feel it getting frazzled or you feel yourself getting pulled too much, you need to take a moment to reconvene, reconnect and get a sense of control versus everything kind of falling apart in front of you and for you. And then you fall off the deep end and that's not a good thing. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your personal experience of the feelings of pressure to be a good husband, a good father, and a provider, especially when, you know, the bulk of what you do is so kind of unstable and unsecure. Like, how do you manage all of that? Carefully, you know, carefully as best as I can. That was a joke my, my friend used to say, carefully. I, I do everything carefully. But with that, with, with to be realistic about it, I'm not always perfect. I'm not always great. I'm not always the best husband. I'm not always the best father. And it doesn't mean that I am being something or being negative towards my wife or my my daughter. It's more that I'm not fully there. Whether it's because I'm on social media, I'm removed, I'm taking a phone call here, doing this there, doing that there. And for me, it's truly about having an honest conversation with my wife about her schedule and my schedule and making it work for both of us and our child to feel fulfilled in everything that we are doing. Whether it means... When I have a break, I take care of my child and my wife does something for herself or vice versa. And making sure that every part of the puzzle fits in as best as it can. And sometimes people's toes are stepped on and things don't work out or timing doesn't work out and things get canceled, moved around or pushed. The hard part for me is truly as a therapist, I'm always helping people, doing things for people, being empathetic, sympathetic, listening, helping. And then I have to be able to do that for my family, but not as a therapist, but as a person. And to turn off that switch sometimes is interesting and weird when I have to like remind myself, wait, this is my family. I'm not a therapist right now. Let me just be here and just enjoy myself. Like don't analyze, don't look, don't point out, just be there with someone. And that's an interesting challenge that comes, I think, to many therapists, not just myself. I was going to say, I was raised by two therapists. And so I used to always... And you turned out okay, right? I turned out okay, but I used to say a lot, stop therapizing me. I, you know, I don't know if that word is real, but I use that word so much. Like, I'm not trying to therapize you. I'm not trying to do it, but blah, blah, blah. Or even like if my wife and I have a conversation or an argument, all of a sudden my therapy mind turns on and I have to actively be like, wait, don't analyze. Like, why did she use that word versus another? Just be there and be her husband. You're not her marriage counselor. 
You're not her therapist. And when my child does something weird, she's only a year and a half. So she's not doing anything that, you know, ridiculous that I need to be like, oh, your development is interesting. She's cute and adorable. And she's, you know, whining like she whines and wants what she wants. And it's, it's, it's wonderful, but definitely something to be aware of as a therapist and uh, anyone, no matter what business you are, that there needs to be a separation, you know, of church and state to kind of, this is my home, this is my job, and they're different. Yes. I hear you. So how about the current state of the economy and health threats with COVID and flu season? What are some of your best tips and tricks to really prioritize our mental health so that we don't like go down those rabbit holes that are very, very dangerous? So I happen to be very blessed that I have a job that is actually doing better because of Corona, which is sad to say, I mean, you know, mental health is always something that is there, but right now the clinics in, I would just say in New York are bursting at the seams. Private therapists don't have space for people because it's just so, it's so scary what's going on, whether it's political, whether it's professional, whether it's health, it's really scary. So actually, you know, not purposefully every Thursday, I have a therapy Thursday post on my Instagram. And I spoke about this because I've been living in this bubble right now in California. I'm hiding in California and the sun is out and I'm, you know, working from home and there's, I don't, I don't see any problems. I, I'm enjoying myself. And we're going back to New York because our jobs need, are starting to go transitioning into in person, whatever that truly means. And it's scaring me. And I had to truly think for myself, wait, okay, let me take a second. What have I been telling my clients all these times that I can use for myself? So the first thing I would say, I have three ideas. The first thing is take a step back and just appreciate what you have that is good for a second, because it's very easy to find all the faults and intensity and terrible times that we have in our life. And for us to see that and see the goodness can bring some calm to the craziness that we're dealing with. Um, whether it's running water, toilets, the fact that we have food and we're not fighting people on the streets for two-ply toilet paper, you know, and all these crazy things that happen, first take a step back and assess the goodness that you have. You're alive, you're healthy, your family's here, your friends are here, people are around you. It's not ideal by any means and things feel like they're falling apart. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is that you need to take it one day at a time, right? Today is a challenge. Tomorrow might be great, but when the day's over, tomorrow starts new. And if you can do your best today and the next day and the next day and the next day, they build up to be weeks, months, six months, and all, all you know, 2020 is done. And it's pretty close. We're almost done with 2020, which just wow. if you think about it, it's crazy. And the third thing I would say is from watching Frozen about a bajillion times with my daughter, Frozen 2 has an amazing line, do the next right thing. We only have what's in control of the next thing that we can do, whether it means taking care of your children, eating well for yourself working out, taking a moment, having your favorite cup of tea, coffee, just do the next right thing. Don't think two steps ahead, four steps ahead, five steps, just write what's in front of you and then take a step forward. Do that as best as you can. Then the next and then the next, and hopefully things can work out. But other than that, everything else is out of our control. I like that. All right. So those three steps. So let me see if I can summarize. So take a step back, look for the good. Number two, Oh gosh. <laughs> One day at a time. Because today might not happen tomorrow and there could be greatness tomorrow versus the challenges today. Yes. I love that. And especially right now during this time, one day at a time, because I feel like I wake up every morning and my kids, I have four kids and they're on crazy school schedules. And I don't know from one day to the next, whether they're going to school, whether they're homeschooling, whether there's no school at all. Some of exactly. them are going to school and some of them are not like it's nuts. So if I try that could change tomorrow, 
Yeah. If I try to plan ahead, I get really frustrated and discouraged. But if I just go, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to figure it out. Like I've always figured it out in the past and I'll figure it out tomorrow. You know, one day at a time. I really like that. Just take it one step at a time. And then of course, famous number three, famous line from Frozen to do the next right thing. Love, love, love that. Do you know the story behind that line, by the way? That Kristen Bell's therapist told her that line. And she was struggling one day in the studio and said, oh, I just got to do the next right thing. And they all stood back and went, and they made a song about it and a concept about it. And the troll tells her that. It's like, it was literally totally from her therapist. And it uh, it was in the Disney Plus like special behind the scenes Frozen. I was going to watch it a billion times. Yes. Go therapist. Yeah. Celebrities going to therapy. Yeah. But I think also, you know, my wife and I were having a discussion last night and I said to her, she said to me, really, we have a good team. Like it's you and me and whatever challenge happens, we know we, we've done it so far. We have A, B, C, D, and E, F possibilities that could happen. If this happens, then we do this. And in the end, literally everything that we would like to do might be turned over in three seconds. That's the biggest lesson that we just don't know what life can hold and what we can can and cannot do. And we are appreciating the time we did have. And I promise that when this is over or gets better or however the world will go, we will then appreciate our lives that much more because we've seen how fragile it is. Yeah, so good. All right, so how can we prioritize our own mental health and self-care while also juggling the demands of marriage, family life, and entrepreneurship? I love that question so much because it's so integral for our own health because I think we always forget to take care of ourselves. I think I'm talking really from my perspective as a guy. Guys are always like, we got to do, we got to be, we got to do, we got to be the best, we provide, provide, provide. And we never take a step back and go, wait, what about myself? And I think we do it more often than we realize we take care of ourselves, whether it's a shower, whether it's a nice meal, a cup of wine, a bottle of wine maybe, or even being, you know, watching your favorite sports team on TV or spending that uh, 10 to 15 minutes reading your favorite book. We all do it in our days. We just don't call it self-care or taking care of ourselves. We just think it's part of our daily schedule. And I think if we turn the switch on to realize that that is actually something that's beneficial for us, I think we would look at it a little differently and make it something that is part of our day. And I say this very often on every podcast I'm on, every client, if you can't find 10 to 15 minutes in your day for yourself, something's very wrong because it's really not that much time. It means shutting your phone off and taking 10 minutes before you go to bed to meditate, take a nice long shower, a bath, cup of tea. I love tea, reading your favorite book. You know, I don't know, sitting and cuddling with your, your partner or spouse and just talking, just being intimate and just talking to each other and asking each other, how was your day? You know, I find putting my child to bed, a beautiful experience that I find very heartwarming for me where I cuddle with her and I sing to her and I talk to her and I read to her and I put her to bed. I enjoyed that. And that like rounds my day off, no matter how my day was. I know I can rely on that to be a calming experience. Children need it. And so do we. We need self-care and we need things for ourselves. And if you don't do that, you will burn out and crash without fail. So if, whether it's once a week, once a day, once a month, make sure you set time for yourself because it will be beneficial for you in the long run to last longer. You know, I, I read something. LeBron James invests, invests, I don't have this kind of money, millions of dollars on himself to long, for his longevity in basketball because he notices and realizes he wants to do this long, long, a long time. Why not put money and take care of myself? Now, most of us don't have the, the platform that he has to do what he does, 
but we all can do that in our own ways in investing time and energy and money into ourselves to make sure that we live longer in a healthier mindset. I think that's really important. Yeah. I love that. Also, if we think about the people that we serve, our family and our clients and things like that, like, yes, we're doing it for ourselves, but if we neglect ourselves, we're not any good to anyone else. hundred percent. So awesome. Tell me what is the most important lesson you've learned about balancing the demands of marriage, fatherhood, and entrepreneurship? I would say be kinder to myself, right? Because there's always going to be great days and bad days. And I'm always going to have success and failures in one of the three, or even all three at the same day, at the same time, all hitting each other and all hitting me at once. And to know that this happens and to be kinder to myself and not beat myself up as much and realize that I'm just human and that I will make mistakes and I will not always be what I expect as the best, but doesn't mean that I'm not good or not doing my doing well doesn't mean that it's a failure. And to really take a step back and notice what I have done and to just be that much kinder to myself that I am to other people that can really help me kind of balance things together. I love that. So have you been able to apply this lesson to strengthen your marriage and push the needle forward in your business? So I would say I don't take things as personally and try my best to truly just embrace where I'm at, whether it's my mental health, whether it's my marriage, whether it is my job, that I am doing the best that I can for the person sitting in front of of me. Whatever happens, happens. And I have to just realize that's it. And if I make a mistake, I can learn from it and try harder tomorrow. But right now, that's all I can give. And that has been something that I try to implement as much as I can. I don't do it always. I'm not always the best at it. I sometimes do beat myself up. I sometimes do get frustrated because that's normal, but it's really about learning from those experiences to be better the next time. Yeah. I really like that. You bring up a really interesting point about the time and energy it takes to beat ourselves up could be put in such a more productive way by just learning the lesson and trying again, you know, hundred percent. I really, really like that, that you apply it by not beating yourself up by being, we spend so much time. We spend so much time thinking so negatively about ourselves and it just, it takes so much energy out of you. And then what, then you're just frustrated and annoyed at yourself even more. Mm -hmm. How can I let this go? I got to get to me again. Oh, then it, it continues the cycle. So if we just took a step back, took a deep breath, you can get frustrated. It's okay to get frustrated, but then learn from it and not continuously get into the cycle of hurting yourself. Love it. I love it. Where can my listeners find you, Ellie, and learn more about the resources that you provide? For sure. So I have a website, elevation.org, E-L-I-V-A-T-I-O-N.org. I have an Instagram account, elevation underscore therapist, Facebook account. Um, and you can reach out to me whenever, email me, private message me, DM, whatever the difference is between those, I don't know. And uh, ask anything you want. I'll do my best to try to help you as best as I can. And hope that uh, you enjoy the content that I create. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this episode with Ellie and for his honesty in talking about the things that he has learned about mental illness, both in his personal and professional experience with it. I was reading a few of the mental health statistics in that one in five Americans suffer from mental illness. More than 40,000 Americans die annually from suicide. That mental health illness rates were significantly higher for adolescents and young adults in 2021, and that there are 4.5 million children in the United States diagnosed and living with anxiety. Almost 
800 million people suffer from mental health disorders worldwide. And I definitely believe that by talking about our experiences and being aware of the warning signs, we can definitely be more equipped to identify and treat these illnesses without all of the shame and and stigma that we attach to this. I will be doing an episode in a couple of weeks talking more about my experience and the things that I've learned about mental illness and anxiety over the years. So definitely tune into that. And if you have any questions for me regarding marriage, intimacy, or anxiety, please do not hesitate to contact me through email or messenger. I'm happy to share my experience and the things that I've learned with anyone because there is no reason to suffer in silence or hide these types of things from others because there is so much help available. We know so much more about anxiety and depression and how to treat those things. So I just want to thank you for listening today and remember those three things that Ellie talked about. Take a step back and look for the good in your life one day at a time and do the next right thing. That's all you have to do. And maybe the next right thing is to reach out and get some support, get some help, There's absolutely no shame in that. It is so important. So thanks again for tuning in today and we will see you next week, same time, same place. And until then, happy marriaging. If you had as much fun as we did just now, please be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, which helps others to find the show. You can also share your favorite episodes on social media. And if you want more, head over to onthebrightersideofmarriage.com and download a copy of my five things I do every day to keep my marriage sizzling hot. And until next time, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.